Shadowcast, Episode 41, the S&M Horror Magazine Story of the Month for June 2011, Coming into Power, by Jeff Parsons. Jeff Parsons makes his return publication at S&M Magazine and lands the Story of the Month. His long-term goal is to become a fiction writer. He's inspired by his sci-fi literature teacher, novelist Gary Gushgarian. He loves horror stories, because they make you face your fears. What you do about it afterward is up to you. He hopes to have his first novel in print by 2039. Jeff hails from the Bay Area of California. And now, here's Coming Into Power, read by Jim Bronyauer. Coming Into Power by Jeff Parsons Peter Coyote was in hell. The door to his dimly lit cell creaked open, revealing the detritus of sticky filth covering both him and the dank room. The light from the outside hallway speared into his eyeballs with an unavoidable blinding white flash of pain. Haloed by the bright light was an elegantly dressed man, a government agent called Edward Blaine. Before the door closed, a waft of fresh air swept in to displace some of the musty, stale air. Three sets of automatic locking mechanisms engaged, sealing the agent in the room with the wretched prisoner. Footsteps walked away outside. The agent turned and reached up behind the camera, suspended in an upper corner. He flipped a toggle switch. The red LED recording light winked off. He sat down on a steel chair across the steel table from Peter, who sat in another steel chair. A steel U-tube was bolted and welded on top of the table nearest Peter. The bottom of the table's legs were embedded deeply into the cement floor. Nothing in this room could be pried loose to use as a tool or weapon. Peter was secured to the U-tube by handcuffs. He had to lean forward in order to sit on the very edge of the chair. It was an awkward and unnatural position. Over a period of several hours, it was excruciating. Seconds of pain stretched into eternity. Ever-running rivulets of dirty water wriggled down the moldy, tiled walls, collecting in foul puddles of oil, stench coagulating upon the floor. Despite the bone-chilling cold, beads of humidity were condensed on everything, dripping relentlessly with moisture and slime, seeping down through the floor's clogged drain. The agent took out his forty-five pistol, pulled the slide back, secured it in place, slapped in a loaded magazine and pressed the release lever so that the slide moved forward and chambered a live round. He gently placed a gun on the table space between them. Feel free to relieve yourself of this torment. The agent's voice whispered like a cement hiss. Peter couldn't do that even if he wanted to. Like his will, his hands were broken. He was a tattered, hollow shell of a man. Some parts broken, some dislocated, eyes purpled and oozing, one swollen shut with blood filth and excrement concealing many of the bruises, cuts, abrasions, and burns that marred his body. 
but still something from within drove him onward in the face of utter despair. I'll pass, he coughed weakly. Thank you. You know I am here. I'm your last chance. The agent's unblinking eyes flickered between light and dark underneath the failing overhead fluorescent tube. He waited. No reply. Just so you understand my meaning. In a swift, fluid movement, he grabbed the gun and swung it in an arc that connected Solly with Peter's head. Fresh agony. Room spinning. Nausea. Peter felt warm blood dribbling down his left temple. His crusted eyes focused again. The agent and gun had shifted back to their original positions, both in different killing machines, waiting ready with the certain potential of inflicting merciless pain. You have resisted talking to my staff for several weeks. You will talk now. Calm assertive pause and then... Or I will kill you. Slowly. Without remorse. Or pity. You have no idea what you're asking. The effort to speak made Peter cough again. A slow, wet rumble that produced dark blood and phlegm. Something inside him was broken. Oh, but I do. We've been searching for you some time. Shaman, I shot you in the leg. How did you escape? You're not a good shot, apparently. He chuckled but stopped abruptly when something painful twisted in his chest. From close range. Really? Casually took the gun and pressed the end of the hard barrel to Peter's forehead. Let's test that theory. Wait! Peter didn't want to die. The agent would pull the trigger if he didn't get what he wanted. You did hit me, in the leg. By your understanding, I should have been severely injured, incapacitated. But as you know, I am a practitioner of magical arts. The agent lowered the gun and placed it back on the table within easy reach. He stared back at Peter. I am fully versed in the art of transformation. Magic works on everything, but for me, it's easiest to do on humans, such as transforming myself. Other things are more complicated. Like changing lead to gold? The agent was interested, even though he affected an air of clinical difference. There are spells for that. Manipulating the inorganic, that is, non-living objects, is extremely tiresome to the body, mind, and soul. All magic exacts its toll upon the user. Demonstrate. Right index finger tapping on the table. Peter stared at the center of the metal table. With a high-pitched whine, a pinpoint on the surface began to glow, shifting from red to orange to yellow and then to white. It gave off some heat and light to offset the cell's dismal atmosphere. The agent gasped in surprise, eyes wide, shocked into sudden belief. His narrow, his eyes narrowed when he looked up at the discreet room that was Peter. Peter was staring directly back at him, no longer obsequious in his behavior. The agent whispered, How did you do that? I imagined it. He paused, trying to calm his labored breathing. Specifically, my belief became reality. In that area of the table, I imagined that the table's atoms underwent an exothermic reaction. That is, they gave off heat. He coughed, hacking up more blood that trickled down his lower lip. How did you learn that? The agent's objectivity seemed to have completely disappeared. 
process is simple. Just believe in something wholeheartedly. And of course, practice makes perfect, but like it probably took you a long time to become a cold-blooded murderer of innocent people. He was exhausted, but the words seemed to pick up his spirits. Keep talking. The agent seemed untouched by Peter's comments. Why didn't you explain this earlier when my men were questioning you? You could have avoided all that pain. Life is pain, Agent Blank. But I wanted to see you again. One last time. You're exactly as I remembered, no doubt. He raised his chain and manacle hands off the table, then dropped them heavily. I look far different than I used to. I don't exactly have many options at my disposal right now. Good. You finally acknowledge my absolute control over your life. Earlier, you were unclear. How did you imagine what you want to happen? Strange as it is to say, it's like what some popular movies would suggest. Empty your mind. Imagine fully what you want to do. Then do it. For me, I imagine my body's electromagnetic field reaching forth to encompass the target. He sighed, obviously tired, taking several shallow breaths in rapid succession before continuing. Finally, I imagine manipulating the target. It's not that simple. The agent was suspicious, but also very curious. There's more to it. You are very perceptive. None of those abracadabra smoke and mirror illusions will suffice for you. Very well. Essentially, you have to believe in what you're doing. What a load of crap. This isn't religion. His hand moved closer to the gun. I'm growing very impatient with you. Please, wait. To learn, you must be actively encouraged. Show that you can do the simplest of tasks, and from then on, depending upon your will, concentrate and belief. Your powers will grow over time with careful show me now the room's temperature seemed to drop precipitously from the palpable threat in the agent's voice as you wish it's always easiest to transform yourself later with more practice you can manipulate non-organic materials let's try something simple now do as I say imagine the hair on the back of your right hand grows longer look at the hairs see their thickness their length Imagine the nutrients feeding your hair follicles. Already the hairs are growing. Nothing is happening. Concentrate. Believe. Let the idea fill your brain. Nothing else exists. Seconds passed. The agent looked angry. Are you messing with me? The menace in his voice was unmistakable. Absolutely not. Actually, you succeeded. Peter closed his eyes briefly breathing through a serious twinge of pain. But the amount of change achieved was far less than you are currently able to perceive. Trust me, this is how it all starts. The agent held up his hand to the light emanating from the table's glow. Hmm, maybe. Show me something else. I hate to sound like Yoda in Star Wars, but there is no maybe. You either do it or you don't. There is no in-between. No doubts at all. You must believe that completely. If you wish to progress. Okay. The agent sighed heavily as if convincing himself of something. I believe. Are you sure? Yes. Damn it. 
Very good. Then more is possible. Maybe try extending your fingernail lengths. Again, imagine, visualize, believe. He hummed the mantra over and over. Nothing. Then suddenly, holy crap! The agent held up his right hand to the light. The nails were about an inch longer, curved, thick, pale yellow, and gnarly. See? You did it. Hey, my left hand, it... The nail on my index finger is longer too, but I wasn't trying to do that. That's normal. Stray thoughts. Just maintain concentration. It took a few moments to breathe in deeply. Now make the fingernails change back to the way they were. They did. Except for one fingernail, which wavered back and forth between the original and extended lengths. After a few seconds, it settled at a length in between. A sheen of sweat appeared on the agent's forehead from the concentrated effort. Your control will improve with practice. I'm sure that took a lot out of you. Maybe you should rest for a while. To be careful. Maybe a day or so. No! I want to see more. Show me! Now! Peter had the slightest of smirks disguised by the bruise and cracked lips. Maybe you'd like to alter other parts of your body? Hey! I have an amazing idea. I'm going to change my appearance, my face. Imagine how useful that skill would be. Eyebrow ridged, cheekbones and jawline bulged outward in a quick shuddering phases of sweaty growth. How do I look? His enthusiasm made him seem like a child receiving a long wait a present. Like a Neanderthal in a suit. Well done. Peter's voice was softer, almost purring with respect. I've never known anyone who has progressed as far as you have in so short a time. The agent laughed and shook his head repeatedly from side to side, much like a dog would shake water off its fur. Everything except for his eyebrow ridge changed back to normal. They twitched with an unrelieved tension as if they were uncertain what their shape should be. The agent concentrated again, and the quivering temple stood, but the eyebrow ridges remained locked up, still refusing to revert back to the original shape. He didn't seem to notice, though. He was so exhilarated. Hey, I know. The agent's dark eyes sparkled with a power drunk glee. I've always wanted to be taller. He stood up to stretch his body, laughing as his joints, muscles, and bones extended with loud, startling, crackling noises. Within several seconds, he was already a foot taller. His immaculate apparel was no longer a perfect fit. He reveled at his new body with wondrous amazement. This is incredible. I can't believe... I can become any, anyone I want, or anything. He loosened his tie and used it to wipe sweat off his face. Damn, it's hot in here. He tore off his expensive suit jacket and threw it to the floor. Soon followed by his tie and his shirt, which he ripped off, losing several buttons in the process. His body was blazing hot, sweat rolled in shining waves down his skin. He towered over the broken form of Peter. I feel so powerful. It's intoxicating. I can feel the energy flowing through my body. Why didn't you tell me it was like this? Peter remained quiet, watching the agent warily, much like one would watch a dangerous wild animal that had suddenly snuck into their presence. I know. I've always wanted to be stronger. No one would dare push me around. He closed his eyes, breathing in and out deeply and focusing his concentration with a wild intensity. His muscles bulged outward. At first, the groat wraith was unevenly dispersed. Here and there, the muscles expanded like huge boiling cysts exploding underneath his skin, creating 
crisp diamond hard muscle definition alongside his normal well-toned muscles. Eventually they became insanely powerful, at least a hundred pounds of additional muscle mass, a bulked up body that only a mentally disturbed bodybuilder would envy. His eyes popped open in delight surprise as he ogled his new body. Do you fear me now? The agent laughed on the verge of a manacle outburst, his incredible muscles rippling with each slight movement of his body. Hey, I can become something different. Within seconds, a variety of possibilities became evident, reality and vanishing as quickly as they appeared. Boar tusks, shark teeth, fish gills, eagle eyes, elephant trunk, praying mantis arms, tiger-striped fur, octopus tentacles... A long, frenzied parade of morphing that got quicker and quicker until the changes overlapped each other in a blur of some vestiges of these changes lagging behind the rest and not completely disappearing. Of his clothes, only his underwear shorts remained, albeit shredded up in areas like the rest of his clothes that had fallen to the floor. The agent suddenly stopped his explorations to bodily augmentation and paused to consider himself. He still looked mostly human as his body ebbed back to normal. With the exception of deep eyebrow ridges, a pierced pinner's left hand, and a prehensile tail. He was flushed an alarming lobster red in color, panning rapidly and no longer seeming to sweat, looking exhausted, dizzy, and confused. Like he wanted to say something and was struggling. Damn, I'm hot and tired. Oh, I forgot to ask you. Wait a minute, I did. You didn't answer me. I shot you in that alleyway. How did you escape? Your aim wasn't off. When you shot me, I morphed into a low viscosity fluid like water and drained away between the cobblestones. Since I'm not perfect, I still have a scar from where your bullet first entered my thigh. Peter's voice took on a sharp tone. He seemed to gain strength from his hatred of the agent. You might be able to see it underneath all the new scars your people have given me. We needed your skills for our remote viewing program. Several seconds passed, he seemed lost in thought. We were looking for you for the longest time. We certainly got lucky when we first stumbled upon you. Hey, that water trip, would you, ex would you explain you leaving behind your clothes? And your wallet? The agent's voice was becoming more slurred slowly, down considerably. You were somewhat of a mystery before then, but the wallet helped change that. Child's play to track you down. That was very stupid of you. His breathing lapsed in an extended wheezing fit. He looked overheated and uncomfortable. In fact, various parts of his body slowly at first began to change independently, and from the expression on his face, it didn't appear to pee per his volition. What's happening to me? I don't want this. By now, the agent's body was stretching, contracting, collapsing, bubbling, shifting, and relocating. Confused alterations fighting for sheer dominance flowing like waves of melted wax across the landscape of his image. You wanted the power, now you have it. Too much, too fast. Without wisdom, how predictable. Didn't I tell you that magic exacts a toll upon the user? And now see how you confused your body struggles, consuming itself, wavering back and forth at the cellular level, failing to ascertain what it should be. Your reckless crusade has destroyed you and I have arranged this meeting to say goodbye to you in a fitting manner. The agent's body slumped on itself, making an unpleasant sound like ice being crushed under enormous pressure, quickly losing the shape of a human rapidly on its way, becoming a mass of quivering flesh, changing shapes rapidly and out of control, abomination shrinking in size as it devoured itself from within. 
and yet the agents still lived. You knew this couldn't happen? The words were high-pitched and forced out with squealing gasps of exhalation. Of course. I could have escaped any time during the weeks I was held captive. I've drawn you close to me, that untouchable bastard in control of a secret black ops organization I have brought you down. Call it a personal desire of mine. A weakness to see justice for the dead, for all of my friends and family, my wife, Emily, and my daughter, sweet The agent's body was slowly decomposing into a steaming blob of rapidly transforming parts, some of them unidentifiable. A collage of insanity holding many eyes within, searching, wide and rolling with confusion, pain and fear, and several mouths now gaping, struggling, filing. Able to scream, guards, in an offset mixture of voices, pitch, and cadence. Peter stood from the seat. Excrement, blood, and scars slot away as his body gleamed with the golden light from within. A soft healing glow that also incinerated his tattered clothes into flaming wisps that spiraled to the floor, leaving him standing naked, proud and tall. Almost as inconsequential, after thought, the handcuffs melted off his wrist like hot butter. Please don't scream. It only accelerates the process. You know how much I appreciate your company. He laughed wholeheartedly for the first time in weeks. The agent's many voices responded in a foul, gurgling babble. His body completely disassociated from its human identity just as the sound of running footsteps approached the door. Peter closed his eyes, serene with vindication. He collapsed in a torrent of fluid that splashed the floor and swirled willfully down the drain. The guards threw the door open and stood agape at what they saw. I usually write up a little something to share after the story is complete. Just my thoughts on on the story and, and what I believe it meant. The quote, absolute power corrupts absolutely, seems apt here. But honestly, I'll spare you this time. As you can probably hear from the quality of this recording, I have computer and equipment issues. Some of you probably have not seen the post I put up last week regarding the future of Shadowcast, so let me sum it up for you. The podcast is hurting. Other than a couple of generous souls since the post went up, we received absolutely no donations this year. My dilemma is I'm to the point where I need to pay authors. The website and hosting renewal is due, and my recording computer went belly up last week. So I ask you the question: Is the podcast something you would want to see? Is the podcast something you want to see continue? And if so, are you willing to support it? I personally cannot foot the bill alone any longer. There have been 11,000 downloads this year so far. That's big for us, and I. And I'm excited to see so many people enjoying the show. But it's not free for me to produce or run. It must have support. So if you can help, I surely would appreciate it. If not, well, that's okay too. We had a good run. I leave the decision to you, dear listener. This episode was produced under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Our music was from The Contrarian and Christopher Carlson. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay well.